0: Daniel chapter 3, verse 14 through 18 says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, we fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast into the, in the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? If it be so, our, our God, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us, from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand o king but if it not be it known unto thee o king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up for the next few moments i would like to preach on we shall not bow we shall not bow and you may be seated So the story, King Nebuchadnezzar, he decides to build this statue, an image of him with exact measurements, exact detail of how he wanted it to be. And while he was having it built, when it was finally completed, he got all the big wigs. He got the the sheriffs. He got the judges. He got everyone that had a part in the city. And he called them to come, and they came and dedicated and celebrated that statue that he had created in his image. And when that happened, they created a law that went forth that the music, the, the instruments that we read about, when they were played, that they, everyone would fall on their face and they would begin to worship this statue that uh, the king had created. And one day, when the music was played, it got back to the king that there was three boys that did not listen. They did not bow. They did not fall on their faces whenever the music was played. And so the king had them brought to him. And when they came, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king kind of was a little soft on the matter there for a moment. He was like, all right, I don't know if maybe you guys just didn't understand the, the laws to begin with, but let me tell you what they are. If... When you hear this music that is played, you're supposed to bow. You're supposed to, you're supposed to praise this statue, this really nice statue that, that I had created. I made the perfect measurements. I made it detailed so that when you worship, it's actually a nice statue to worship. So I'm going to allow, uh, maybe maybe you were spiteful, maybe you didn't want to praise, maybe you didn't want to bow to it, but I'm giving you this one opportunity. But if you do it again, then I'm going to have to throw you in the fiery furnace, and we don't want that, but if it comes down to it, that's what's going to happen. But then the three Hebrew boys said that we are not careful to say what we think, and that is that we are not going to worship this statue that you have created because there is nothing to it. There is no power in it. It is just a golden statue. But we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We serve the one true living God, the one that has power, the one that created everything. We we praise the one that created life itself. And we are not going to praise this statue that you have that you have made. <laughs> (laughs) And this infuriated the king. He got so mad that he told his soldiers that you were going to turn the fiery furnace up seven times greater than what it already was. And so when they go and they throw the three Hebrew boys in there, it says that the soldiers that threw him in there died because the heat was just so intense. And while they were in there, the king comes. And at this point, they should have been ash. They should have been ash right when they went into the fire. But when he looked in there, he saw the three, but he also saw a four and he said that it looked like the son of god that he saw so he calls the three hebrew boys out of the fire and when he when they come out their hair is not burned their clothes are not burned they don't smell like smoke or fire but when they come out there's only three and the king says where is the fourth and they said there isn't a fourth it was just us in there And so from that point on, he said, we are not going to worship the statue anymore, but we're going to worship the God that you serve. In Isaiah 43 and 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters... I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. When you stand for God, God is going to show up and he's going to take this situation over. When you stand for God, God is going to show up and he's going to show off his power. He is not going to let you die when you're standing for him. But know that when you, that you have a God that will stand for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not abandon you in your time of need, but he wants to see you stand for him and not bow for this world. But we need to know that we need to stand for God because if we stand for God, he will make us victorious. If God be before us, Who can be against us? We were not called to be peer pressured into the world. We were not called to watch horrible shows, horrible movies, horrible video games. We were not called to read the horrible literature that is being preached in this world today. But we were called to serve the purpose. We were called to continue the will of God. We need to just make up in our minds that we are going to stand for Jesus. We are not going to bow... To this world, this life is a race, and we're racing for heaven. But are we at the last moment? Are we going to fall out of the race? Are we, going to, are we going to give up on our values? Are we going to give up on our doctrine? Are we going to give up on heaven? But I don't know about you, but I am a competitive person. It's a curse almost. When I was in high school, one of my best friends, Doug Dodd, we called him Dougie D. Me and him, and several others, we were all about UFC, MMA fighting, and we would go to the mats at the school and we would wrestle, and this one day, he got me in an arm bar, and he had it bent so far, and if you don't know what an arm bar is, it's your arm straight out, and they're pushing it the way the elbow shouldn't go, and it makes your arm go numb, your, your body almost goes practically numb, but he finally was like, are you going to tap? And when you tap, that means that you're done, you can't stand the pain anymore, and you lose, and I said, no. You're going to have to break my arm before I tap. And so he continues, and he puts more pressure on it, and he says, you going to tap now? And I said, nope, break it. <laughs> like I said, I was young and dumb, but I was competitive. When I played football, I didn't, I didn't want to miss a play. I always wanted to make the tackle. I wanted to be there for the team when they won. I, I, went, I had dislocated fingers and shoulders more than I can count I've had concussion after concussion, and that's probably what's wrong with me today. But I always wanted to be in, in, in the hunt. I always wanted to be in the race. I always wanted to be in the game. And no one in here should be happy about giving up. No one in here should be satisfied with bowing down. But there's some, you should be able to say there's something in here today that you're never going to give up on. And we have that mentality because God gave us that mentality. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were called before the king, he was saying, This is a life and death matter. Either you're going to choose life and you're going to give up on your God and you're going to serve this statue, or you're going to die. But then again, they said, No, no. Either God's going to deliver us, or He's going to, or we're going to die. But you're going to know that we serve God. We're not going to serve your statue. Second Chronicles 15 and 7 says, Be ye strong, therefore. And let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. You were not meant to be pressured by the world. You are not meant to be lost in this world. You were called for such a time as this to uphold the will of God. God's people are not supposed to live in fear and in confusion. But it says in Isaiah 41, 10 through 11, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And then it says, Behold. All they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They that strive... With thee shall perish. There's not a thing that can stand against you. God will not allow it. They will not have victory over you, but the only thing they'll have is defeat. He did not give us the spirit of fear and confusion. He will give us the resources that we need to carry on against those that stand against us, that those that try to attack us, our flesh that tries to destroy us, and the devil that tries to trick us. They will not triumph if you stay true to God because they cannot go against God's anointed. Acts 5 and 39 says, But if it be of God, he cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. When you are with God, nothing can overthrow you. The church cannot be overthrown. The church cannot be defeated. Stay in the church. There is nothing that can be better than church. There is nothing that can be greater than God. And God can control and he can take care of any situation. Luke 1.37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Zechariah eight says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you touches the apple of his eye. God loves you. He cherishes you. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And when you get into a situation, all you have to do is cry out on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace, God put an angel in them and put a hedge of protection around them so that they would not die. Again, He will not allow the children of God to die. He will not allow them to suffer when they stand for God. And He is not going to allow an opportunity to show His His power pass by when he, and then we can turn a different story. I know I'm switching it up here, but 1 Kings chapter 18, it talks about Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And he calls these prophets to him, and they decide to have this competition. And he tells them to take a bullock and make an altar. And they decide which bullock they want, which is a young calf or a young bull. And they take this uh, calf, and they they put it on the altar. And they begin to cry out to Baal, the, the God that they served. And they were crying from morning until the afternoon until midday, and then Elijah starts to have a little bit of fun with them. He begins to mock them and he says, Cry louder. Maybe he is talking to the other gods. Maybe he is pursuing after something he is hunting. Maybe he is on a long journey to get away from you crazy people. Maybe he is tired. Maybe he is sleeping after that long hunting vacation. But he must be awakened so he can set the fire down from heaven so then you guys can be proven right. So they begin to scream louder and louder until finally they begin to cut themselves and it says that blood started to gush from them and when that happened i can see elijah saying this is getting out of hand this is crazy they say i'm crazy for believing the one true god but they're cutting themselves so he says that's enough it's it's my time i've given you half the day now it's my turn so he calls for the people, the, the 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 people of Israel to come and around him, and he grabs twelve stones and he, he's giving them a little bit of a history lesson about the twelve tribes that they came from. He's saying, This is this is a history lesson on where you came from with the twelve tribes of Israel. And then he takes the wood and he puts it on there and he takes the bullock and it says he cuts it up and he builds a trench around it. But at this time also, there is a great drought, and he says, I want you to bring four barrels of water to me, and I want you to pour it on the altar with the sacrifice that's on it. And when they do this, they pour the water, this valuable water, because they couldn't barely get it anywhere because of the drought. But they go and they pour it on, he says, do it a second time so they pour it on there and there's now eight barrels of water over that altar and then he says do it a third time and they do it and then there's 12 barrels of water that have been poured over and it says that the water was flowing it was gushing off of the altar and they the trench was filled with water and so at this point elijah was trying to make the i well tell them that there is no possible way that man can like this altar only god can and it goes on to say in 1 Kings chapter 18, 36-38, it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word." Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God and that Thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. It burned not only the wood and the sacrifice, but it burned the rock and it took up the water as well because of how hot that fire was. And then the children of Israel fall on their faces and they begin to cry out, The Lord, He is God, the Lord and then Elijah says, go and get the prophets of Baal and take them down to the brook of, uh, of Kishon and you are going to kill them there. He did not want the false doctrine. He did not want the fake God to continue to poison the region, but he wanted it to die that day. Come on, mom, and come on, dad. It's time to let the things that are coming against your family die. It is time to stop allowing the world's influences to t- disrupt your family. Come on, son, and come on, daughter. You can win your family to the Lord. Come on, elders. It is time to pray fast for more greater than ever before for the babes of this church. Come on, church. It is time for us to win this community back. We shall not bow. We shall not give up and we shall not turn our backs on God. The enemy has no power over us because we have a God who has never been defeated. He has defeated death and the grave. He made the blind to see. He made the lame to walk and he made the dumb to talk. He raised the dead back to life. And we should be able to say boldly about our God that he can do the same today because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We shall not bow to the things of this world. We shall not bow because we feel outnumbered, because of God before us who can be against us. We shall not bow and let the children perish. We shall not die and let doctrine fall. And we shall not bow and let the gospel never be taught. We shall not bow. Come on, mighty men and mighty women of valor. It is time to stand and plant your feet and say that I will not be moved. I'm standing in the place of those that are behind me because we know that we have a God that is able. Because as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. As for me and my church, as for me and my youth group, as for me and my ministers, as for me and my as Bible studies, as for me and my Sunday school, as for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, "But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ." Romans 8 and 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, Now thanks be be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. There is victory in Jesus. All you have to do, again, is call on his name. All you have to do is stand for him, and he's going to be there every time, and he's going to put a hedge of protection around you he's going to give you anointing he's going to give you the knowledge that you need to go forth we shall not bow because we have God with us he will not leave us nor forsake us and we need to stop doubting the capabilities of God we shall not bow But we must trust and obey if the music can come Galatians chapter 6 and 7 says Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. Eight says for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. You can probably look at all the youth that's in here and they'll probably be shaking their heads when I say this, because I say it almost I say it every class I mention it at least. But when we pray and have conversation with God, when we read and study the Word of God, and when we fast to destroy the flesh, when we do this because we have a made-up mind that we are not going to bow, but we are going to stand for God, when we, we will start to begin to see this, the Spirit's the spiritual things that we have sown come to pass. Our faith in God is going to grow, and we are going to reap the spiritual gifts that God wants us to have. we got to make up in our minds, though, that there is not going to be a thing that comes between us and God. There's not going to be a thing that's going to disrupt our walk with Him. And going on to the next scripture, Galatians 6 and 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. When we do the work of the Lord, and when we stand for the Lord, God is going to give us the strength and the restoration to carry on about the business. He is going to let us reap what we have sown. Families are going to come back. Backsliders are going to return. Healing is going to be presented. Needs are going to be met. But we shall not bow. If we can stand in this place today, as the music begins to play, I wonder whether you stay at your seat or you find a place to pray, I wonder if we can make a covenant, if we can make a vow to God that we are not going to be moved, we are not going to be pushed off this race, we are going to finish the race and we are going to make it to heaven. But there's going to be things that come our way, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be places of of confusion, but when we trust in Him, when we allow Him to take over, we're going to get through those situations and we're going to see that they weren't as bad as what we thought they were but right now I wonder if we can pray oh God right now we ask you Lord Lord I pray right now Lord that you would help us that you would strengthen us God in spirit and in mind Lord Lord that you would help us when trials come Lord, when there are tests that come our way, God, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us, that you would guide us, that you would strengthen us, and that you would give us the knowledge, Lord, Lord, to be able to get through these situations, Lord. Lord, I pray for this church, God, and I pray for those that are going to come to this church, Lord. Lord, I pray that you help us and you give us, Lord, what we need to prepare for these people, Lord. Lord, in the mighty name we pray, and amen.